connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. What is AOC? What is community media? Maybe these are small questions, but they have big answers. So big, in fact, that we had to make a whole podcast about just that. The short answer is in our mission statement. Building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. I'm Matt Roberts. Find out more about why the town of St. Martinville is an important place for AOC member Mark Bro in this week's podcast edition of Community Quotes. news, events, member information, and more by adding AOC Community Media to your social circle. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube under AOC Community Media. First question um, is, would you say and spell your name for me? My name is Mark, M-A-R-K, bro, B-R-E-A-U-X. You could call me Marky, M-A-R-K-I-E, bro, you know, French. <laughs> That's French? Bro, well, bro is French. Bro's bro French, French. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Marky might be a French. No, Marky, that's just a little, that, my family calls me that, Marky, <laughs> M-A-R-K-I-E. Do you, uh, you speak French? I wish I did. <laughs> you know, back in the day, they used to speak it so we wouldn't know what they're saying. Uh-huh. So that part kind of left us, our generation. So I wish, though. Right on. Uh, well, uh, Mark, where did you grow up? I grew up in Lafayette. Actually, my mother's from Simonville, Louisiana, a town outside of Lafayette. My dad is from Lafayette. I spent uh, maybe till. Maybe up until about 12, 13 in Simonville, but always coming back and forth to Lafayette. And then I finally moved with my dad about 13, 14 years old, and I pretty much grew up until okay. now in Lafayette, Louisiana. So you kind of grew up in two different places. Two different places, right. Uh, right. What was it like growing up in St. Martinville first? St. Martinville um, is, is, is obviously smaller than this, uh, you know, is the country. Um, I really don't have a whole lot of memories because I was so young, you know what I'm saying? So I, most of my memories are in Lafayette, but St. Marville, you can walk pretty much everywhere. And my grandfather, Mr. Calvin, if somebody from St. Marville, they'll know Mr. Calvin owned a store in, on Main Street. It was a popular store on Main Street, and uh, he used to sell, uh, he was famous for his fried pork chop sandwiches and hot links and all that stuff. So that was mainly my, the most memories having in that store on Main Street. What store was it? It was a store, called, it was called <laughs> Helen's Grocery, named after my grandmother, but everybody would call it Mr. Cow's because they only see Mr. Cow in there, you know what I'm saying? It was like, it was like a little hustle hood store, you know what I'm saying? So you had the uh, pool table in the back, uh, uh, video poker machines in the back, 
and then you'll sell grocery. Plus, it'll be after all the clubs, you'll sell short order foods like fried pork chop, hamburgers, fries, and stuff like that. And of course, the liquor. You know what I'm saying? So that's the kind of store. That's where a lot of my memories from St. Martinville is in that store. And then uh, Lafayette, uh, it was a, it's a different place. Um, I grew up on the north side. Uh, my girl, my uh, father, he bought a trailer in uh, Boots on Trailer Park off the Brooklyn Highway. And uh, man, we used to, I was, as a matter of fact, I just rode, I just went to the Nargate Mall, and it's so different now. It's so different. We used to have fun. I used to ride my bike, man, go play uh, video games at Aladdin Castle. Used to catch the city bus going to the south side to Acadiana Mall, go to the Nargate Cinema, all over the place, the library, the public library. It's just different now, but that's how I was growing up in Lafayette. A little bit more space and, you know, riding around. You had to catch a ride. You couldn't walk all the time. <laughs> it's different from Sibarville. Uh, besides the ride thing, was there any other uh, big differences that you noticed moving from St. Martinville to Lafayette? Oh, uh, or you were always back and forth. I was anyway, always back so and forth. Yeah. So it's like when I like when I moved to Lafayette, like permanently, it was really no different. It's just that I was actually because we was coming to my dad, and you know, obviously they were separated, my mother and father. We was coming to my daddy's on weekends, every weekends, holidays, and I was spending summers down here. So the only difference was I'm not going back to St. Martinville. Like, I was actually just going to school in Lafayette. That's pretty much the big difference. But I was used to everything already. So all my cousins and stuff, I was already used to it. So I was used to the culture. It's pretty similar already, but, you know, it's just, it's, Lafayette is a faster pace. Yeah. yeah. Not like moving to North Louisiana or something like that. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's just 10, 15 minutes away, <laughs> right. so it's not that different. Uh, just before we move on from St. Martinville, you ever eat at Richie's in St. Martinville? Richie's. Richie's. It's like a hamburger shop on Main Street, too. No, that might have been after my uh, time. Fair enough. It was real good, and it looked like it was old. But <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we, they changed the name or maybe something. Maybe so, yeah. We right. lived out there for a little while. I just moved back to Lafayette myself. Okay, okay. Um what do you do? What's your profession? Okay, my uh, my job that pays the bills. The mm -hmm. <laughs> um, salt miner um, is uh, located in Cold Blinds, Louisiana. It's about an hour away. Um, I, I work underground. Uh, they sell salt, obviously, and I'm a scaler. You know, I knock down scales for people to, to do the whole process. But my job is to knock it down to keep it safe, so the next person could come in and. And uh, you know, cut it, and you have to blow it up, and then haul it up, and do the whole process. Um, you want to know my hobbies too, or with a hobby like I was saying earlier, my show. I have a show on YouTube called A Rapping and Sipping Show, uh, where that's where um, I interview, like you're doing me. I interview um, local artists. It don't have to. Be, it's mainly rappers come, but it's not about just rappers. I, I name it Rapping and Sipping. Matter of fact, I have a card. You know, you can see it. You know, <laughs> that's the logo. You know, like that. I might leave a few cards over. Yeah, but anyway, um, when I say rapping and sipping, it's like a little slang. You know, we rapping. Like right now, we rapping. We talking. And usually I'll be, you know, sipping. You know, sipping whatever you want to sip. <laughs> so, yeah. So, man, I, I started that like in 2015. I used to go out with my camera to, uh, to uh, like clubs and different events. And uh, after a while, I, um, I built my own studio in my backyard and just kind of made like a little setup. Not big like this, but it's a setup my cameras and stuff where I interview people and uh, they come on through and tell me their stories and the up and coming projects and stuff like that. So um, I, I really love doing that. So that's what I do. That's my hobby. I make a little change from it, but 
Not too much, you know, podcasts, YouTube, stuff like that. That's what I do. What gave you uh, the idea to start your own YouTube channel? Um, well, I used to rap, too, you know, for a hobby. But I realized, like, rapping, you have to, there's so much you have to do to try to get in that music game. So I used to do that, and then I, re- I started learning the business. Beats cost so much. So I started making my own beats. All that costs a lot of money, but it's not moving as fast as you want. And then I, as you get older, I'm like, ah, you know what I'm saying? So, so I actually, I actually made a song called "Rapping and Sipping" because I was literally rapping this time and sipping same sip, <laughs> literally rapping and sipping. So after that, after a while, I'm like, you know, you get discouraged, and then I'm like, you know what? I know a lot of people. In, a, in the game, you know, the rap game or whatever. I like to speak. Obviously, I'm speaking a lot right now. I like to speak. I said, why not I just do a show called Rapping and Sipping? We don't have too much shows where you interview people. At least I didn't know. I'm learning a lot now coming over here, to be honest. But you don't have a lot of shows. So I said, well, let's start that. Because I, I, um, a guy that I used to work with hooked me on to podcast. I only heard about podcasts like two, three years ago. And I fell in love with it. I said, man, I can do this. I could talk to people, get their story and all that. So that's what I did. I took the name from that song, turned it to that title, and I made a rap and a sipping show. So that's why I started doing it. To show people love and get their stories, you know? So that's what I did it for. That's awesome. We're all about uh, collecting stories. Right. Um, so tell me, what uh, would you say that you have like your own interview style, and what do you what do you think separates you from maybe other podcast hosts? Right. Uh, um, I do have a different style. The reason why, all right, if you listen to podcasts, especially the ones I listen to, all of them really, but you know, like regular interviews. If you go like um, like on a radio interview, it's all about like promotion or um, uh, trying to. You only go in that interview just to try to sell some or try to get your, your music heard or whatever. But podcast, you do that, but it's not just right to the point. You come, you tell your story, you talk, you have fun. It's different. You could take your time because you're not live. You can always go back edit it if you if you feel like oh well, I shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said that. Which I don't like to edit. Let's just go real with it. You dig? So you shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said that. Um, so in my style, and like I was telling you earlier. We we cuss <laughs> a lot, <laughs> and you know, especially the first two seasons, we would, you know we'd be drinking and they do their own thing. You know, it's rappers. You know, what rappers do. You know what I'm saying? So so my style is come in. Right, it's called a hot house studio. That's my studio. You know, what I'm saying you come in, have fun, and be yourself. So it's not like um like if you got something to say, say it, get it off your chest. I might ask you a question that make you mad. If you don't want to answer, don't answer it. On to the next. But it's more of a conversation instead of an interview. We we like we rapping, we rapping while we sip. <laughs> uh, do you, have you ever been in a situation where uh, you wanted to ask a question, but then reading the interview, you were like, mm-hmm, maybe I won't ask that. Uh, yeah, yeah, and no, yeah. at the same time, because yeah, I thought about it, but sometimes you just gotta go for it. Sometimes you just gotta go for it, and and if you say no, that's the most you can do. Say no if you get mad at me. This is the the this is is it. I'm not gonna ask you something that's fiction, or if it's, if you say it's false, what I'm asking you, just tell me it's not true. I'm not gonna make something up 
if I heard something about you and I asked you, just say it's not true. We can move move on. I'm never going to come with some like uh, some false narrative and say, well, I heard you did this, this, this. Just tell me it's not true and then we can move on. And if you get mad, I'm going to make you laugh and you go, we're going to forget that. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my defensive mechanism, making you laugh right quick. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, put your interviewee at ease. Right, uh, right. What uh, a lot of young people want to like, you know, have their their moment on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for young people about starting their own YouTube uh, show? Uh, I have advice, but I'm still young in it too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get a whole bunch of views. It's still growing. I get I get decent views. You know, it's growing. You know, my subscribers are growing. Some some of them is are in the thousands. Some of them are still in the hundreds. You know. But advice is the same advice I get from other people. Keep on grinding. Keep on working. Consistency is, is the key. You got to keep on doing it. And uh, it's hard because, I, man, I, I just started season three of my show. And actually, earlier this year, I got discouraged and I actually quit. And then all of a sudden, I came back. And, and you know, this year I'm feeling, well, this season I'm feeling better and better, you know, and, and, and what made it, what made me really come back and made me feel good when I announced that I'm coming back, like all the DMs and the inboxes. And I went to the celebrity basketball game with Push Smoke, a local rapper, and he had all the locals over there. And when I told him that I'm, you know, I'm coming back, the love they showed me. They may not show the love on Facebook and Instagram, but they really show love when it, when it matters. So that's, that's what you have to do. Keep on pushing. It may feel like nobody looking, nobody listening. But if you only got that one person to keep on listening, just keep on, it's going to start growing. And it only takes one person, one shot, one hit. That one person, that right person to define it, share it, boom. So you got to keep on pushing. That's my advice to them. And I'm, I got, I'm still, I'm living on my advice right now. So that's it. Did you uh, change your approach at all when you came back? Did you? Uh, yeah, like I, like I did, uh, like I said earlier, uh, I slowed down with the... Um, with the curse words a lot, you know, uh, well, more, more. I still, we still be us, you know, and usually I used to do it late at night, so we, you know, we turned up and stuff, and, you know, a lot of uh, liquor drinking. I slowed down on the liquor drinking, you know what I'm saying? Because I realized, okay, we drinking for the show, right? But the show lasts about an hour or something. Now y'all going home and now I'm drunk, so I, I got tired of drinking, so I slowed down on all that. I drink mainly water and stuff. Trying to, I'm, I'm overweight, so I'm trying to get my health up. So that's, so uh, that's, that's as far as that. But as far as the the main approach, uh, I try to get more professional. I try to study the the artist or whoever's coming over there. I try to study. I even go if they have other interviews. I try to go listen to theirs and then feed off of that. I try to ask uh, more professional questions instead of just you know, ah, what's that? What's that, my brother? You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I try to do that uh, a little better. I still got a lot of work to do, but I'm getting better. Cool. Uh, one more time, what's that YouTube channel? Uh, it's on the Buku Noise Network. That's my network because I'm 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 uh, trying to have other other talents that want to join my network and put their podcasts and YouTube's under there. But it's Buku Noise Network. But you could type in rapping and sipping show. R A P P I N. The letter N, sipping, S-I-P-P-I-N, show, and it'll pop up. Oh, my uh, my uh, stage name or whatever is Hellboy Cool, H-E-L-L-B-O-Y, Cool with a K, K-O-O-L. You type in any one of those and it'll pop up. 
I have work from about six years ago when I was dating back to rapping and making little videos and stuff, some old stuff. So a lot of st all that'll pop up. Very cool. Uh, so you've been creative all your life. Were you when you when you were a kid? Is that when you started performing? And no, I did not know. I did not. I always was a, like a joker, like to, you know. You know, I, I didn't live the the best life. You know, uh, you know, I you know, I don't want to get super personal, but I was abused. You know, you know, not the worst, but I was abused. Uh, grown, we almost went to uh, foster homes and all that stuff like that. But going to school, I would always instead of worry about my pain, I would try to make other people laugh. Like if I was, I could be having a, a bad day, but if somebody else I see having a bad day, I'll go make them laugh. Don't worry about my pain. That's just the type of person I am. So I always was a joker. Uh, I was an athlete. I used to play football for Northside. But never, I never knew. Um, I never knew I had this gift to do it. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess I did. I mean, because in class you put the spotlight on me. I'm gonna <laughs> take off with it. But I didn't know. I didn't know they had that platform, and I never knew that I could do that. So really, around '09, I, uh, I mean, back in the day in the hood, we used to just like rap over other beats and just having fun. But like '09, I started trying to rap and you know make my own beats and stuff like that. That wasn't going nowhere. And then uh, I just said, well. I like to talk, start the show, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So no, I never really knew I had that talent, but I kind of found it and I'm working on it, trying to get better. I love that, that's great. Never too late. Never too late, that's you're right. Um, did you have uh, Did you have any mentors growing up when you were going through? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. I never really had any mentors. See, growing up, I didn't know that I could have been be something. I didn't know. Um, it was always like uh, uh, I live with my mama young. That was the one that's in Marville. Then I moved with her her mother because we, we got abused with my mother. Then we got some more abuse with my grandmother, and then that's when I moved with my daddy. That wasn't all that either. But it, it was like never anything to say you could be this, you could be that. It wasn't none of that, you know, it's just go out, go to school. The only time they would acknowledge you is if you messed up in school, like get an F or get suspended. I got suspended a good bit of times, a lot of talking in class, fighting and stuff like that. That's the only time they'll acknowledge you. But I come home with an A or, or a B or something, gets nothing, you know. So not really mentors. I mean, I just, you know, just kind of uh, look up to um I guess people that um, I mean, I mean, as far as mentors becoming a man, like my grandfather um, who owned the store, I, I, I would look at him. I had my uncle Randy. He lives in Caracol now. He's successful with a lot of rent houses and stuff. And looking at my daddy, you know, he's not as successful, you know, he, you know, but he's still my father. So as far as that, the men in my life, now those men help me to understand I don't have to run the streets. You understand? Because like a lot of a lot of people my age fell to the streets because they didn't have no father figure at all. So those men, it's not that it wasn't my mentor, it was my mentor, but just looking at them made me realize, hey, at least I have a father, at least I have an uncle, a grandfather, you know, that's doing something more positive than just hanging around. Because I could have easily go left, you know, because I didn't always go right, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kind of stayed in the middle. So yeah, as far as that, I used them as my mentor. That's awesome. 
now, as someone who's who's now pursuing your dream after mm -hmm. going through what would you describe as like not knowing that not you had that in you or not you know being told that you had that in you, do you have any advice for for younger people who might be going through a similar situation? Oh, uh, just uh, just keep on the same thing. Keep on pushing, and don't let anybody stop you from doing what you want to do. It may sound crazy to them right now, but don't don't let that stop you. And if you don't, if your daddy or uncle, you don't have no real mentors, right now it's, it's 2017. You can go on YouTube, find your mentor. You know, if you feel that's what you can do, go ahead on. You can find your mentor, and and be like, well, look, I don't want to be like him. I don't want to be like my daddy or whatever. He messing up and all that. Let's go somewhere else. You can find your even a friend could be a mentor. You know what I'm saying? So. That's my advice for them. Like for like, as far as my kids, I have a son and a daughter. Man, I tell them they could do whatever. You could do it, but I still have to give them be real with it. You know, because <laughs> look, if you're not too good at something, let's try something else. Because <laughs> look, Daddy can't sing, and I'm not. Gonna, I want to see. I want my daughter can. She thinks she can sing, but no, she gonna be mad at me. She hear this one, <laughs> but she know. But I keep it real with her. But she she great at something else. Dancing, she's good at that. Basketball. She's good at that. Singing might not be your 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 lane. That's what I feel. I like to keep it real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She gonna kill me for this one. I'm gonna <laughs> skip over that part. <laughs> no, but keep it in there though. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, I'm gonna ask you a few questions about uh, your involvement with AOC. So mm -hmm. tell me how you first came to AOC. AOC. Okay. Um, I've been, of course, been heard about it. I didn't know uh, I could have. I didn't know I could have been. A part of it, but uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who have uh, P P James Murray. P. James, yeah. Uh, I linked up with him. I actually came and did an interview with him, and uh, uh, Othello. He was uh, in the front, and uh, I did the interview with P James. And then a, a couple of months later, I just uh, I saw the, uh, the advertisement and stuff. I said, Well, I could, you know, I heard about it. I could have put my show on here. I could have come do shows over here. So I decided to join. I joined. Uh, AOC about two, like I say, two months ago. Just never had the chance to really come put something together, but yeah, I joined about two months ago. But that's how I heard about it. P. James put me on his show, Real Talk TV, and then I uh, talked to Othello and got all the paperwork and stuff. Nice. Um, what was your first impression of AOC when you first came? I was like, wow. I didn't know, I didn't know. I, um, it's, it's very professional. You know, growing up in Lafayette, it's a small city, small town. You don't, we don't really have a whole lot. So you would think, like TV and all that, you would think that yeah, you got to go to California for that. Not in Lafayette. So when I came to this, I'm like, wow, it's very nice, clean, beautiful. You have all the cameras, all the equipment. So I was very impressed. That was my first impression. I walked through all the uh, buildings, the rooms and stuff. I was like, wow, I could do a lot. Especially the one with the uh, computers. I was like, man. Hold up, and I just bought me a computer. I said, I could have come over here. <laughs> but there's no place like doing it at home, but if I ever need to, come do it over here. But yeah, I was impressed. That was my first, my first impression was wow. That's how I feel every day coming to work. Right, right. Uh, what surprised you the most about working with AFC? Um, <clears throat> your range, the wide range y'all have, man. Uh, it's not just on TV, you got the podcast. Y'all even have the studio. That's that was that was uh, impressive too. So that that's what it was. The, the, the wide range y'all have is not just um, 
the TV, and then you'll have a few TV rooms, right? A couple of them, at least, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that was the, the most uh, impressive, the wide range. Uh, what would be your dream project to work on uh, with a, or at AOC? I would like to get a lot of comedians and do like a sketch show. Now, don't steal my idea. <laughs> if you do steal it, just put me down. It's all good. Now, nah, but uh, a sketch show, like a, um, like a Saturday Night Live type, or uh, maybe Living Color back in the day, Mad TV type stuff, write some sketches and, and, and do that. That's, that, would be, that would be great. I think people would love it. If y'all do that, man, just, just holler at me, involve me, man. I, I could do some writing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um. All right, we're getting close to the end here, so I'm mm-hmm. going to ask you some uh, silly or job interview style questions. Oh, cool. Silly job interview style. I'm silly. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me pick one. That's cool. uh, what is your superpower? Uh, I'm blind in one eye, so I'm Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, that's my power. But growing up, my favorite, still right now, my favorite superhero is Wolverine. So I would love to heal fast and have the little claws come on. Shoo. So that, that's my superpower. <laughs> we got the blind in one eye thing in common. I'm also blind in one eye. Really? Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. We got the little, the little lazy off track eye. Yeah, kind of going. Yeah. Is yours a retinal? Mine is the detached retina. Yeah, the yeah. same thing. Look at that. That's what Not often that you yeah. meet somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Man, growing up like that, man, it's... it's People don't understand, man. I got clowns so much until I'm numb to it now. Right, yeah. But it, it, it kind of, um, and that's another thing, since we're on that subject. I'm going to hurry up say this. It's, it, it, it takes away from your uh, confidence sometimes because, like, you don't want to look people in the eye. And when you go to shape a person's hand, you should look them in the eye and stuff. And a lot of times, you know, it, it kind of takes away from my, I mean, as far as me, that's how I feel. But as, growing up, I used to try to control it. But now nah, I don't care no more. I'm getting old, man. Oh well, man. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's what's up, though. Maybe we have something in common, right? Yeah. That, and yeah, I forget about it now. It happened to me when I was, I guess, like uh, in my later 20s or so. Oh, yeah. I was born like that. So yeah, for me, it happened later in my 20s. Wow. Just suddenly, my vision went wonky. Really? And yeah, so it was real jarring. So you had to really adjust, because I was like this all my life. It wouldn't. Well, and I mean, it didn't. It it didn't take a lot of get adjusting okay. to. But the eye thing, it was weird when I looked in the mirror. Oh the yeah, were you looking? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, who is that? Yeah, guy? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is, I mean, t- I take pictures. I try to squeeze my eyes so you don't notice. Yeah. Yeah, it's all kind of little tricks you do, but after a while, you don't care, man. Right, yeah. I know once I get old, I don't. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Right, right. (laughs) God made me like this. That's right. Um, If you could have dinner with uh, between one and five famous people, uh, historical, alive, or dead, who would they be? Okay. First off, (laughs) she's not historical, but I love her. Rihanna. I just love her. Um, let's see. Um, I like music, so I'm gonna stick with uh, Jay Z. Uh, and if we want, I could go uh, historical. That did some things, of course. Martin Luther, Martin Luther King. Um, uh, let me see, two more. Uh, Malcolm X. You know, just to hear what they have to say. Let me go back. Uh, let me see. Ooh. Lil Wayne. I'm going to go with Lil Wayne, man. That's my, that's my favorite. Well, I'm going to stick with Lil Wayne because I can go on and on. <laughs> but yeah, those right there, you know, for the music and stuff. But if I want to, you know, get real and yeah, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, some people like that, you know, 
That would be my five. Have you seen Little Wayne at the Cajun Dome when he came? I didn't, and uh, I think I was at work, but I saw that, some of the highlights. Like they gave him the key to the to the, yeah, they did. To the, the city last or whatever. Came through. I think the time before I actually got to work that concert. I, really? Yeah, That's what's up, man. Kind of, yeah, cool. he's not the same anymore, but I still give him his respect <laughs> because he did a lot for Louisiana. Period. As far as music, yeah. I'm not talking about you know just music. Yeah. yeah, he put us on a map. So I was impressed by his stage show because like you know people roll through with all these hydraulics and like fireworks mm -hmm. and stuff. He didn't need that. No, no. Come give me the mic. <laughs> some lights. Yeah, 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 it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, let's see. Um. I think I have one more question mm -hmm. for you. Sometimes it's hard, so if, if you got to pass, no worries. Can you describe yourself in three words? Ooh. <laughs> uh, crazy, funny, real. That's pretty much. That I could go some more, but you see three. I'm gonna leave it like that. That's solid, Mark. Thank you so much for thank coming to Appreciate it. Discover all of the benefits of being an AOC member by attending one of our orientation sessions. Classes are held on the first Tuesday of every month from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Register on our website at aocinc.org. Lucy Ferguson, Nancy Judice, Joseph Clisannon, William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, Christy Tracy, Jasmine Tillery, Jacob White, and Shahid Williams. Music in today's episode, Luna's Little Friend, Ukulele Instrumental by Ivan Chu, Yurikosh Key by Nagno, The Long Goodbye by John Pazdan. AOC Community Media is located at the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, 101 Jefferson Street, Suite 100, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. For more information, go to our website at aocinc.org, call 337-232-4434, or email info at aocinc.org. Until next time, stay informed and engaged.